Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. If you'd like to write in, we appreciate all comments, questions, and feedback. My name is Kevin Sully, joined by Lincoln Shrike. Good morning, Lincoln. How are you? Uh, I'm good. It was supposed to be me and Gordon today, but he opted out. I didn't know we could do that. What's going on? <laughs> he pulled the, well, it's Boston Marathon Day. You guys know more about marathons than I do, so you should probably take it. Which, I got to be honest, Lincoln, uh, that kind of snuck up on me because since everything got canceled, I have no concept of when events are. So I didn't even realize that today was going to be Boston Marathon Day. Uh, I think I was somewhat aware of it, um, but in the same way, it definitely snuck up because it still feels like it's March in some ways. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Everything feels one continuous day there really is no night and day other than than darkness and light i uh everything is still yeah i know that that sounded deeper than it truly was uh but yeah it definitely snuck up and it it you know it's weird to think that it would have been today but it doesn't it wouldn't have felt right to to have it just because our lives have been so thoroughly altered of course it's going to be in september now which uh We'll just hold on to hopefully that that date stays there and we can we can still have a Boston Marathon. But it'll look totally different not having it in April. And so uh, I guess today we can at least commemorate some of our favorite races and at least the most memorable moments. Definitely. Definitely. There's going to be some recency bias, which is a uh, ongoing theme here, I feel like, on this pod. Mm-hmm. That's what we probably shouldn't call, re- rename it that, recency bias. Yeah. Um, because of our ages um, – we're probably not going to delve too much in the 80s and 90s just because, listen, you guys want to hear us talk about things that we remember, not things yeah. you read about on Wikipedia. We're not going to talk about you know Bill Rogers winning a bunch. Uh, he was great. The, the duel against Alberto Salazar, that was obviously awesome. Um, uh, Catherine Dereba winning a lot back in the day, which mm-hmm. shot her to the top of your marathon ultimate rankings, I believe. Right? That's she's since been passed, but yes. <clears throat> uh, yeah. She's yeah. Since been so I, there's. I mean, you were you were out there last year, so mm-hmm. you you've been out there more recently than I have. I was out there in 2018. I zeroed in on four races, four years of the race: 2011, 2013, 2014, and 2018. That really stand out to me for. Vastly different reasons, um, but I, I mean, I guess is there any year that that really, really sticks out to you as being significant? 
I mean, you mentioned one of them. 2018 was clearly uh, not only the recency thing, but but yeah, I mean, an, an American winning for the first time on the women's side since 1985. Yuki Kauchi winning it being a complete monsoon that 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 stands out. And again, that was only that was only two years ago. Um, 2011 stands out as well in my memory for how fast it was. So, and then I mean, unfortunately. I'm getting knocks at the door here. I just just told my son uh, that we were I was going to be in here, and took him all of two minutes to. Well, to start he, maybe the he. Wall. I think he wants you to. I think he wants you to start in 2011. I think that's what the mm-hmm. sign was. Your son says, "Dad, I wasn't around in 2011. I don't even remember Jeffrey Mutai's career. I thought Boston was a record eligible course. Break it down. Why was 2011 so so significant?" Um, well, let me wait to do that here while we have a second. Hey, son, what's up, man? Okay, remember I told you not to come in? Yeah, Nicely, yeah, though, as a very appropriate and, and respectful dad. Can you, what, what do you need, dude? I need you to watch my video. He needs me to watch his video with him. Not right now. <laughs> I'm doing it. Doing it. Oh, okay. Okay, why don't you pause it and then you can go in. Okay. Okay, thank you. See you in a minute. Well, folks back home, that's how you uh, that's how you dad. If anyone's curious, so <laughs> promise to Potting watch it with him while dadding. Yeah, uh, 2011. Yeah, uh, that's where we were. Uh, the world record at the uh, now I know Boston's not course eligible, or whatever you want to say, but the world record at the time was still like Haile Geber Selassie's 203.59. So the concept of someone in Boston. Running, what was it, 20302, 20301 mm-hmm. by Jeffrey Mutai? Uh, I know oh, the tailwind yeah. was, yeah, I know the tailwind was there, but that was just uh, a jaw dropper that still that's, has stood the test of time, even in the era of Kipchoge and people running 201 and, and 202. I mean, that, that, that's still one of the most impressive marathon performances of all time. Yeah, and I don't think that many people knew that Boston wasn't record eligible. Like, I think obviously the real big stat heads out there knew that, but there was no real reason that you would have, if you were just, if you were a casual fan, or I've, I mean, I, I think I didn't even really re- recognize it because there's so many rules and regulations and stuff in running um, because of the nature of the course. It, it wasn't going to be re- record eligible. Now this became clear really early on that it was the perfect day. You all, you know, you had the net downhill and then the point-to-point nature. They got the tailwind behind him, but it doesn't. It wasn't just Mutai. Remember Moses Mosop, Moses yeah. Mosop, who went on later that year to run a 30k at the Pre Classic, uh, which was thrilling to watch. I should add, if you mm-hmm. think a 10k is fun, buckle up for a 30k. Two hundred three hundred oh six. So he was right there with him as well. It's interesting to look at these times though. And I remember how eye popping 20302 looked on the screen. And now that's just like, oh, okay. Like if someone yeah. did that now, even even if someone did that now in Boston, I feel like people would say, hey, that's a solid run. Uh, but I don't think they'd be like, well, uh, clearly this count can't count. Clearly there was something wrong with the weather, right? Clearly there was this huge advantage. Well, I mean, it would just cause pandemonium as in regards to the shoes. It doesn't matter if the person was not wearing Vaporfly or Alphavise or whatever. It would just cause this groundswell of controversy, as is everything. Now, I've, I've missed that controversy because we haven't had it for a couple months. Didn't realize how much I would truthfully go for it. But yeah, it, it, it was a, a different era even nine years ago, uh, not just with the times, but just the our response to, to records and fast times. And of course, on the American side, 
uh, Ryan Hall broke 205. Yeah. I mean, that just indicates how fast it was. I was actually just uh, watching back the video this morning, just kind of the the NBC edit on YouTube of the video, and Ryan Hall crosses the finish line. He crosses on the, I guess, the women's side of things, or the, on the women's finish line, and the the announcer, the commentator. You know they're excited about his performance, and the the clock reads two thirty two, and the announcer goes two thirty two. What is okay? Hold on. Yep. Okay, bring the iPad to me. This is a uh, peak level. Uh, if you're wondering, oh, why isn't my wife dealing with it? My wife has is is twenty five weeks pregnant, as you probably know, Kevin, and she had an appointment today, and we we decided to go her to go on a solo mission wearing the one in 95 mask that we have as a family. Uh, and so I'm pulling double duty here. Let me pass this around mm -hmm. back here. And so the, well, iPad... I, I'm excited yeah, to ahead. hear the, the punchline of this. You kind of left yeah, it hanging uh, there with the commentator saying delayed. 232, but I will say there this, go. um, go ahead, dude. I mean, yep. Oh, Ryan, yep. Ryan Hall yep. running 205 and running the race, Ryan Hall running the race of his, his life there and running, under 205 it was tough to conceptualize it though in in real time but continue what, what were you saying how did that story end up oh i just listen everyone likes to deride you know uh, national broadcast announcers that are you know pulled into the marathon or or whatever track and field whenever it's not their routine thing but i just thought it was a a genuinely funny moment i think it was alan troutwig uh who was al troutwig yeah al troutwig sorry uh watching the moment and just looked at the clock and said 232 and was genuinely confused for a second wait a second wait a second did out did and you get caught up in everything when you're announcing there's so many things you also have the women's race going on but it, you know I, it just seemed like for a second he was like wait did 30 minutes just pass by between, between <laughs> jeffrey mutai and and it was just a, that, that's it that's, it wasn't a great joke and obviously the joke the 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 pause with my son there broke up some of the uh broke up some of the the humor there but anyways that that's all i had it was just a genuinely funny moment i think it made it better i mean i i do remember obviously hall running that fast um the gap being because there was a bit there was about a minute and a half gap back to geber geber Merriam, and then hall was just a few seconds behind uh geber Merriam. i don't remember it being i guess that big of a a gap but um, still to go under 205 on the women's side of things though, this was a, this was a crazy year all around, right? Because the women's side of things, uh, Des Linden, who at the time, uh, Desiree yeah. Davila almost won the whole thing, Yeah, which yeah. would have been a huge upset because Linden in 2011 was not the Linden we know today. She had run some really good marathons. Um, she had shown some promise, but she was having the race of her life and was in it all the way down to the final stretch. Doesn't ultimately get it. Carolyn Kalel gets her by two seconds, but my word, um, mm -hmm. the both, I mean, th that was, that was a year, some year, you, years, you only get one of the races delivering that year, both of them, you had so much to watch for from an American perspective and just a, a overall race perspective. Yeah. And it's, now that she's had so much success, you look back and you say, oh, that makes sense. But that was quite the quite the breakthrough, obviously, for the time for her to get second in that race, to, uh, Lyndon, that is. And I, how old would she have been in that one? Was she 25, 26? I mean, that is, you don't, that's unheard of. I mean, now we have Molly Seidel making the team at 25. And, 
you know, that was making the Olympic team. And that was, you know, a, a tremendous breakthrough. And it was almost of the level, if not more, when, when Lyndon finished second in, in 2011. And a preview of basically of things to come. Uh, this mm -hmm. year would have been her eighth Boston Marathon. She's a mainstay. And uh, she's, you know, that consistency in Boston, she's kept that going. And uh, yeah, 2011 was kind of a preview of that. I mean, she... God, when she ran her first Boston, would it have been like 2007? I mean, she's been at this for a, a long time. The women's version of Meb, basically. She had a good Chicago before this. Mm -hmm. So she was on, on the radar a bit, but it was still, okay, this person in this crazy color jersey is hanging in. And you know, yeah, Kara Goucher yeah. ran 224.50 in that race. So a couple minutes back, but she ended up getting fifth. So it wasn't a bad race for her either. I saw... Yeah. Lyndon point this out on Twitter, second, third, and fourth in that race all went on to win the Boston Marathon at some point in their career because she oh, did, really? Who, Sharon Cherop yeah. did, and Caroline Rotich did. Oh. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I was there in 2015 when Rotich won. That's it. That's the end of that story. Um, but yeah, <laughs> There was a stretch when I was looking at the results. There was a stretch there where the women's race was decided by three or fewer seconds, like four years in a row. Yeah, yeah, the women or the men finally kind of had an exciting finish after, I don't know, less than memorable. I mean, last year's finish was incredible um, on the men's side, but it seemed like that that hadn't been the case. You know, I I, I don't want to jump around too much, but watching Meb's performance back this morning, I forgot how close it had gotten in the last two miles between him mm -hmm. and Chabet. I mean, we we all remember, and then when you watch him finish, Chabet had kind of faded back. But that gigantic margin that was kind of in the in the middle, not the middle miles, but the second half miles uh, of the race had shrunk considerably. And there was a real chance even down, you know, coming on to Hereford and Boylston that that he was going to get caught. And I forgot I had forgotten that. I know it's been six years and and uh, things things you 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 definitely forget things. And uh, like I forget what it's like to take a shower every day, of course. But uh <laughs> I, I just ha had let go of the fact that that wasn't a certainty going into the last couple of miles. I re had remembered it as, oh, he had that in the bag the last couple of miles, but the, not at all the case. He had to work really, really hard uh, to secure that victory. Yeah. I'd be interested to know if you could poll everybody, what's the most interesting way a marathon plays out? Because yes, it's fun to have people going back and forth like, Cabete and Wanjiro did that year in Chicago and Tony Revis is losing his voice and they're just throwing punches at each other, like surge after surge and someone gets dropped. But to me, I almost think it's the, it's the situation where someone gets a big lead and you're wondering if they can hang on, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's jaws, right? There's a swimmer in the ocean. Can they get out? Can they get to the boat in time before they get completely eaten alive? And this was the perfect, this is the perfect example of it because Meb sort of just like skittered out there, if I'm mm -hmm. remembering it correctly. He, he just slipped away and the lead grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And obviously there's a great story there about the Americans in the chase pack not mounting a, a surge, not trying to take the lead, almost cycling-esque where they wanted someone to take on the pace to cut the lead, to do the work. And they didn't, they waited because they wanted to give Meb... Mm -hmm a a clean breakaway because yeah. of what that race meant and then by the time was it Chebet and was it Chep Kawani who was in that as well I yeah. feel like um that, that sounds familiar yeah yeah Franklin Chep Kawani who ended up finishing in third it was it was too late but yeah Meb's 
Neb, I, th- I mean, I don't have the splits in front of me, but that lead was dwindling, 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 mm-hmm. dwindling. And then yeah. I think finally with like, was it a K to go or two K to go? Finally, it steadied because all the work that Chibet had to do to claw back and, he, and, and get it yeah. finally took a toll. Yeah, well, they, uh, they, they went under a bridge, I think the Mass- Massachusetts Avenue Bridge, and it was clear. And I think the announcer correctly pointed out that uh, Chibet had basically emptied the canister to try to catch up and he was going to have no more gears left. And, and Meb, to his credit, I think from 25 to 26, uh, or maybe 24 to 25 threw in a sub five mile. And that, that pretty much, uh, it must've been to 26. That, that pretty much ended it. And then he was accelerating, uh, all the way to the finish line. Yeah. Such a storied race coming back after 2013, uh, you know, any, any race, a successful race, anybody finishing anywhere and, and obviously having no incidents would have been a successful story in 2014 after what happened in 2013, but for an American to win was just absolutely storybook. Uh, and then I think, you know, Greg Meyer being there at the finish line and Meb, I, I watched it back today and definitely got chills as he, mm-hmm. uh, as he crossed the finish line and, uh, just the, the emotion of him, of him screaming, you kind of know him as being a quiet and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh just a, a thoughtful guy but like letting his emotions rip there somebody who had been you know he was about to turn 39 at that point we think of him as this ageless guy but you know even then he was getting up there and he mentioned i think in the post-race thing he was thinking his career was over just like a couple years before that uh so it was just uh, it's probably the boston marathon moment for me i mean i know that's an easy one but but that's that defines it uh for me i i remember i was watching it on my cell phone at a at a job i had that i wasn't supposed to be watching it but the year before <laughs> at that job i mean the year before at that job it was surreal um i was we didn't usually watch tv at that job but our but our boss rolled a tv in the year before as the manhunt was going on and we were watching a video of the boat that the suspect was hiding out 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 on um underneath or wherever he was so the 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 juxtaposition of not saying that that healed it or anything but it definitely went a long way to to uh providing some uh some relief after the year you know just the the comparison of those two years and for it to happen one year later was uh was definitely a little bit of magic he had the names of the victims written on his bib Mm. i remember watching it in disbelief for two levels one oh man someone who makes a surge that early in a marathon of this quality they'll get reeled in doesn't matter who they are and then the second level of disbelief was how is meb gonna do this how is now Mm. meb if you look at his career he's had the he's had the valleys and he's had the peaks right and every time you think he's He's done for, and this is it, and you're going to see him slowly fade away. He drops one of these things, or he mm-hmm. uh, finishes fourth in the Olympics. Like He always has a response. He always has yeah. a response. And in a way, it was obvious that he was going to be the one who was going to do this. Right? Like any – like. Talk about meeting the moment, right? I mean, Meb did it yeah. time and time again in his career and figure out a way – to do it some interesting and i also you look back after though and it makes sense and he's he's a smart guy right cometo the big guy in this race well cometo was really inexperienced and was a flat course guy 
right? His his yeah. fast time came in Chicago. Then I think DeCisa dropped out in the early miles. And I don't mm-hmm. know if Meb yeah. was keeping tabs on him that closely. But I think once those two big guys kind of parted the way, any confidence that he was lacking, and I don't believe he was lacking any confidence, but mm-hmm. the field at that point got especially beatable for him. Mm-hmm. And he, and he But it's one thing to have that field in front of you and it's the other thing to actually do it and do it in that manner. I mean, that was the most dramatic way possible to do that race in the most dramatic of years. I mean, I just remember thinking, of course it was Meb. Like, of course, I was like right in front of yeah. our face yeah. the entire time that this guy was going to be the one who a year after a terrorist attack at a major marathon wins it because the dude is just, he's storybook. That's just the way mm-hmm. you put it. Like he is storybook through and through. The year prior, though, you mentioned watching that at work. Like, I have pretty vivid memories of 2013. Um, Of course, I was on the West Coast, so it starts earlier in the day. Um, I was employed at the time, but I must have worked from home because I needed to work from home that day. You know, I had to take care of some bits. So uh, my dad was running it the first and only time he had run the Boston Marathon. And I remember I was – I watched the race. It was over. And I was in line. I went to the supermarket and I remember exactly where I was in line at the exact supermarket when I checked my phone and someone said that there was explosion at the finish line. And I just was complete shock. And then that set off, obviously, several days of just confusion over the whole thing. And remember the vid? Do you remember the video of when the bomb went off and there's an older gentleman running and he's in a, I think he's in like a bright orange singlet and he gets knocked to his feet? And he yeah. gets back up and he just cut that image was stuck in my head for, mm-hmm. for so like, I could not stop watching that. Yeah. And I, I think of the, the guy who had his legs, I'm, I'm sure there were multiple, but it, it, the guy who had his legs blown off in the wheelchair, getting pushed, covered in, covered yeah. in, uh, you know, ash and, and, and whatnot. Uh, yeah, that obviously hit, hit home for you. I, 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 your, your dad was unharmed by that, but what was his experience with, with that? he he had already finished he'd already finished so then people were saying like oh man it's a good thing you ran the time you did like if you were and i don't even remember and it's you made that you made the comment before about the commentator losing track of time and i think that's and that was obviously sarcastic but in a marathon you kind of do lose track of time like anybody who's ever finished one you go you finish and then there's this long you're already a little disoriented and out of it then there's this long winding road to get your stuff, to find the yeah. people that, that you're there. And if, if you're getting back, like, so the timeline, I guess I could, you know, you could go back and look at when he started and, and when he finished and figured it out, but he had crossed the finish line um, well before that. Um, it wasn't like a five minute thing. It was closer to a half hour, maybe even more. Um, but yeah, we were freaked. My, my mom was in a separate area, like trying to find him. I believe my, um, I don't know if my sister was out there as well too. I forgot about it, but you know, the cell phone service was down. Like he wasn't running with his phone. So he didn't know, nobody knew the extent of this. Um, so it was just very hard to get any information out of there. Mm-hmm. One thing I remember when I finally went to Boston in 2018, and I'm curious to know if this was your impression too. Uh, I went down to the finish line and I was just surprised at how, small that area is how confined Mm -hmm. that finishing zone we think oh it's a major street in the middle of a huge city 
it's going to be this big wide boulevard and it's not it's one of those things that you see on tv and you think is going to be larger than life so just to imagine the chaos and confusion there in such a confined space really gives you a sense of just i mean just how like how bad how bad things were and and maybe even how how they could have gotten even worse yeah it it's I mean, so many people pack when they have those rails up and the, you know, they're, they're cordoning yeah. things off for the race. So many people pack onto those sidewalks and it's, yeah, it's real tiny because there's buildings and businesses right there. And, uh, I didn't have a perspective of that until it's weird to think I was there in 2015. Cause I, that's, that was only two years after. And that, that didn't, that yeah. felt like a different, that felt like a different world. And, and, and I mean, I think in, in some ways that, the 2014 race was exactly the healing that I think the city and the race needed. Cause I mean, of course, a year after a terrorist attack, you're, there's still anxiety of, you know, is there going to be copycats? Is there, is, is it safe to have, I mean, you know, things like this change your, your perspective and change the way we think of large events where it just takes one yeah. person and, you know, and, and, and it, it kind of threatened to ruin the, uh, I don't want to say the, yeah, but the innocence of the, of the race as a whole, but uh, thankfully they figured out the seemingly figured out the security and, and really, like I said, Meb, Meb winning was, was a, a, uh, was a, big healing moment i think for for the entire city but i would i you know the, the city of boston really bandied together and i you know I, I i didn't know i mean any city i think would respond like that but it, it did seem like boston became you know really really strong and in, in, in in the wake of this and uh it it's tough to tough to put it into words. You don't want to say it like it made the Boston Marathon more special because that that you know could kind of take away from the the victims' experiences. But uh, it, uh, it, it, it just the response to it, I think, makes the race more storied and 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 makes the the day more special uh, each time yeah. that it's run. So again, a bummer to not have it this year. Well, you brought up the boat, right? I mean, my parents were planning on staying after, and then. So they're staying in the city and then the whole city essentially goes on lockdown for a little bit. And there was right. all sorts of right. confusion when this manhunt is going on. I remember a, was it a police officer in Cambridge? I want to say was, or a security guard was killed during that yeah. manhunt as well too. I mean, there was, this wasn't just as horrible as that Monday was it extended. It wasn't, it wasn't mm -hmm. just over at that point. There was a, I think it was real a, week, feeling a week of, later. It was like a week, right? Or was it five days or? I mean, it was a long I don't, time. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly felt, it felt like a while and I wasn't even there. So it was just, uh, it was surreal and you can't have Boston Marathon without the crowd. That's what makes it the mm -hmm. Boston Marathon. That's what everybody talks about the whole way there, right? All the way from the start, there's these great crowds that, that line the street and in, in the finish obviously is, is the apex of, of the race. So that event really cuts against this whole this whole idea. So I was happy that the next year they were able to to bounce back, for lack of a better word. I know that's cliche yeah. at this point when we talk about horrible events, but Meb doing it and and people feeling safe and secure and able to go out there and yeah. and run the race. I mean, there was a lot of post uh, post twenty thirteen pieces written, basically people saying, well. 
if you think this is going to make runners back down, like you don't know runners, like they're just not going to like nothing's going to keep them from going out next year and, and trying to run the race, particularly in that in that field. Certainly the results of that race are completely forgotten. Do you remember yeah, anything I, about the well, who won? I, I mean, I definitely remember that Lalisa DeCisa won. And if I'm not mistaken, he donated his mm-hmm. didn't he donate his winner's check to the families of the victims or or what was it exactly? I know he donated his medal to the city. I don't know about the money, okay. but I'm not, yeah, okay, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, I always remember DeCisa won. I do not remember who won on the on the women's side in that race, but but yeah, for that reason I remember DeCisa won. Rita Jeptu. Oh, okay. Well, good. I'm glad I had forgotten that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she went, and then she won again in 2014, but uh, she yeah. got DQ'd in 2014. She didn't get DQ. She's still in the results for 2013, but uh, 2014. Do I have that right? 20 because my results say Buzanesh Deba crossed the line first, but um, I'm pretty sure it was Jeptu, and then she's been since been disqualified because Deba now has the has the course record despite finishing second in that race. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah Jeptu was on quite a run. There was a reason for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I had no memory of what had happened really. And I mean, the race was just so insignificant. Uh, and after after what had happened, yeah, that's not at all what you think of first there. But yeah, so I'm looking up. Uh, I'm looking at Je- just double checking on. Uh... 2014. Yeah, she ran 218.57, which would have been the course <laughs> record. So she beat she beat uh, Deba by over a minute, but Deba broke the old course record as well too. Shalane Flanagan was sixth in that race, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, in sorry, in 2014, in 2013, the year of the the, the Jeptu won that one as well. Jeptu ran 226.25. Flanagan was fourth with 227.08. So. Not that far behind. No. Not that far behind. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, again, you just totally forget the results. On the men's side of things, you mentioned DeCisa won. Jason Hartman was fourth. Oh, that's right. Did he do that two years in a row or something like that? Or he was yeah. top American two years in a row, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of just like – a lot of this, this results you just completely forget about. And then, of course, DeCisa comes back in – was it 2015 and then won again. Do I have that right? Because mm-hmm. he, he next year Meb obviously got the win because he Desisa dropped out, but now he's a mainstay at that at that race. Yeah, yeah. I uh, this is just totally not off topic, but to to- just trying to think of back of old memories. And I, I had never been to Boston for the marathon before 2015, but uh, my high school cross country coach was you know he's an avid Masters runner, and in 2012, 2012 was the year that it was really really hot. Uh, and I forget who went, won the, the elite races, but for his age group, career, was his, wasn't it? Oh, it would have been career. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I don't know how I forget that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the year. Uh, it was, he, my high school coach and I was in college at this point, but he, he won the master's race and my sister was in high school at this time. And when they, when he came back to school, whatever, next couple of days, the, over the PA announcer at. At my high school, they announced uh, his name's Coach A. They announced him as the 2012 Boston Marathon champion, and <laughs> and that's it. I mean, it just it's just like it's just another like show of. I mean, I think it was just some kid announcer, but it's just like yes, our 47 year old cross country coach <laughs> just won the Boston Marathon. 
he did win his age group uh he's a very good you know he's a he's like a i think he ran like 240 on a day when it was a million degrees but anyways that's just stuff. Yeah. something i always remember right in front of your eyes you have a boston yep. marathon champion <laughs> and now yep. he's teaching math just incredible yeah, yeah th- that i mean the, the thing that's so crazy about boston is the weather seems to fluctuate between insanely hot and insanely yeah. cold yeah yeah and uh, it's it's like it's another thing in in september it's going to be probably pretty warm um but we won't mm-hmm. have the likely the volatility of of it either being a 2018 type of a race where it's you know it's like subarctic or 2012 where it's summer in dallas so it's just the yeah the, the it's just another adds adds a fun element especially when you're not running it uh adds a fun element to the race so it, it's a it, there's just a lot of reasons it's special not only because it's been around for 120 some years uh and then not only because there's literally a holiday uh that's celebrated patriots day during on race day it, it, it's just a it, it's a different it's a whole different race than anything else i've ever come across when you bring up weather volatility at the top of the list you have to talk about 2018 which was my one mm-hmm. and only trip to the boston marathon and man was it memorable i got there i was working with uh joanna jojo greshel she got there early for the press conferences which start what wednesday or something thursday of the week before the marathon i mean it gets yeah, going pretty really early early there yeah yeah I think I flew in on Saturday, so two days before the race, and the, they were already talking about how the weather was going to be bad. I don't think anybody envisioned it was going to be – I don't think anybody envisioned it was going to have that impact on the race, though, of just a whole bunch of DNFs oh and very, very yeah. slow times. I remember walking and going out and about from my Airbnb to the hotel – or wherever I was going, and just, the, just wind. It was like that type of like wind that kind of, when you're standing in a street corner, it knocks you in one direction. Like you literally right. can't stand up straight. And um, it was bad. It was bad. And then <laughs> it was worse on race morning. When I woke up, mm-hmm. it was like the worst weather it had been. Now, ironically enough, the next day, Tuesday morning, when I woke up before I went and got my flight, it was really nice. The sun was coming out. It was. It just goes to show you the whole course of running history was altered by the placement of one day. Because, yeah, man, my goodness, did this uh, did this change everything in terms of people's careers? Now, when you woke up on the on race day and the weather was obviously horrible, did you have a concept of in your head that this was gonna the weather was so bad that it was gonna, I mean, make the race just alter the the race? so much in into the to the measure that it did where des linden won and she won in what like 237 238 and and Co- i mean i'm sure you 239 239 i i'm sure you weren't thinking those two were going to be the winners but were you thinking that oh my gosh like droves of people are going to drop out there's going to be hyperthermia going on i mean what no i mean no that, no it's hard to the first in- think of that yeah no, and that's what I was saying. In the lead up, people were saying, oh, the weather's going to be bad. The weather's going to be bad. But then you don't apply that and be like, oh, that means there's going to be mass you know, DNFs, right? I mean, yeah, totally different weather scenario. But remember the hot Olympic trials in LA in 2016. People were like, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And yeah, it was bad. And, and Flanagan was visibly struggling towards the end. Mm-hmm. But the the... They held it together. The people held it together who who you thought were going to hold it together. 
this was a completely different beast. The first time, Lincoln, the first time I remember thinking, okay, we're going to have something crazy here was when they showed the men's lead pack and Jeffrey Karui's jacket looked like a personal flotation device. <laughs> and I, if he could go back in time and get a different jacket, uh, I think the yeah. results of that race could have been altered because he was puffed up like this. Yeah. And yeah. the wind was just whipping in their face. Um, I wasn't even really – I mean, I knew it was cold outside, but I wasn't even considering really the hypothermic element of it. Um, but little by little, yeah, you saw people drop off. You saw people just completely bail on the race. Uh, yeah. The pace got really, really slow. Now, men's race was a little deceiving, right? Because you remember what Yuki did? He went out hard. I mean, he was yeah. out, by, <laughs> out by himself. Yeah. 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 I mean, he – now, I remember talking to his his manager after the race, and it was basically like they told him this is the day you were born for. I mean, this mm -hmm. was a – this was it. Like, he wanted it as – messy as possible and the the surges up front wasn't to get his sponsor's jersey out there well first of all he wasn't really that sponsored because remember he was working full-time yeah. still at the time that was like deliberate that was deliberate like he wanted to make this thing as hard as possible um so that was it was a little hard to judge pace and you know you've you've covered these things before you're sitting in a room with a bunch of tvs you're hearing splits but you're just not it's not like being in a track meet where you could feel the weather and, and yeah. you don't have, you don't track me. You have other performances to gauge it to. Oh yeah. Yeah. The 1500 went out slow. Cause the wind on the backstretch is really bad. You're just, you really don't have a ton of information in the moment. That's what I remember thinking. Mm -hmm. And tell me you remind me more of, you know, the race plan you were talking with his, his agent or his manager. Uh, and, and his focus was on, was kind of solely on, Galen Rupp, right? I mean, he was kind of mm -hmm. comparing himself, obviously in a normal conditions that wouldn't have been anywhere, you know, Kawuchi would not have had any right to try to zero in on Galen Rupp, but in these conditions, you know, knowing he was runner up the year before and, uh, well, yeah. Remind me again, what that, what that was. I think it was just to try to try to make this thing as difficult as possible. So he had gone Yuki at the beginning of that year, remember had gone to Boston to Boston yeah. to run some like one person marathon. Do you remember this? The the Marshfield race or whatever, I think. Yeah. He was like, he had was gone like to Massachusetts. Three. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. It was it was yeah. in Massachusetts. Now yeah. um that you could wrap up in the larger Yuki Kawichi oeuvre of the guy just does weird, crazy things. He runs in a panda suit. He races in a business suit. He runs yeah. a marathon seemingly once every two weeks. And when he's not doing that, he's running a half marathon. All of that turned out to be the perfect preparation for right. what that Monday was in Boston. Because right. the, the Monday in Boston was all about like ridiculous – like. Imagine training your whole life. Imagine if that was your apex race, right? The, the the race you've been training for your whole life and you get on the start line and you probably just think, woe is me. This yeah. sucks. I yeah. trained for this. I, there's no way I could possibly train for this. Yuki's standing on the start line and he's thinking, everything I do is about whimsy and completely off the wall, 
ridiculous, yeah. come up with the most insane scenario you can possibly throw in your head and I'll take that and I'll make the best of it. So I yeah. think that was that was in his head and that race that he ran in in Massachusetts early in the year was the perfect preparation. I mean, look at what he's wearing on that day in Boston. Yeah. He did not have a Jeffrey Karui yeah. blow up jacket. No, he did not. Yeah. Yeah. Right, he was just no. he was prepared. He was ready. Um, I don't know if he looked at the weather models like two months out. I have to go back and look at the story to see if I asked him about that. But I think they just knew, okay, if this is going to be a really hard race with the weather, we're going to try to make it even harder yeah. by, by yeah. pushing the pace a little bit. And people let him go, and then they caught back up, and then he surged, and then he caught back up. But, I mean, meanwhile, do you remember the women's race? What was going on in the women's race? Well, uh, Shalane Flanagan had to use the bathroom. Uh, Deslin mm-hmm. and thought about dropping out at certain points in the race. Shalane Flanagan didn't even know really where she was or what position in the race she was in. Uh, I, I think basically the entire country of Ethiopia dropped out of the women's race. I mean, basically Ethiopia yeah. dropped out full, you know, completely yes. on both the men's and the women's side. Uh, other than that, no, I don't remember who else was. I don't remember who finished. I know Seller was Seller second or third. I can't ever yeah. remember. Second. Second? second. Okay. I mean, it was just all America on the, the the men's and women's side as far as who was finishing the race, uh, because East Africans were dropping out, and uh, and yeah. it was just you know crazy things were were happening in the top. I mean, people that did not belong in the top ten or the top five were finishing there because of because of these conditions. And even <clears throat> last year when I covered in 2019, it seemed like the media <clears throat> and the athletes still had post traumatic stress from 2018. That we're always obsessed about the weather in Boston, but last year it was like, yeah. oh, it could be similar. It could be similar. It didn't end up being that at all. But it, it was just the weather was so dramatic, and uh, I I just never thought. I mean, you imagine like, okay, like, I suppose it could be like a blizzard and it could be, you know, uh, icing and then things and that could change the results. But I I never would have thought it would have altered the results so significantly poor, you know, really, really bad weather. But I mean, across the board, and I understand some of that is due to DNFs, but that just really opened my eyes to when it when things get really bad the mm-hmm. the 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 results are going to be way way different than you anticipate you know you live by the point to point you die by the point to point and yeah. as good as it was <laughs> and fortuitous as it was in 2011 it was flipped in 2018 so then it's yeah. in their face the entire way the hypothermia is really what takes it to another level right i mean rup i don't remember how far he made it huddle i don't remember huddle finished i think right did Huddle and Flanagan yeah. both finish? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yep. I mean, Jordan Hesse yep. dropped out before the race started, like the night before, or two, uh, yep. which was a, a great decision in retrospect because <laughs> uh, that would have been a lot of miles, um, a lot of good miles wasted. The men's field, you mentioned all of Ethiopia dropped out. The men's field, like if you look at the top three, obviously it's crazy that Yuki won, but Jeffrey Curry held on for second and Biwat was third. So it's like, okay, women's side of things, it was just wild because Lyndon, Sellers, and then Krista Duchesne. So the win- the Sellers and Duchesne were both 244 is what they ran. I mean, it just – I remember watching it and thinking, okay, the lead backs together, the lead backs together. And then all of a sudden, it just 
everything just disintegrated. And then you look up and you're like, what, what just happened? And I remember this, and I'm probably going to, I'm probably telling the story two different ways because I probably told it at the time after. So I probably should listen to all the media I did after, but it was either the finish board. It was either the finish board or like the 35 K split board when they put the women's names up and Lyndon was winning and we're like, Oh my goodness, Lyndon, Lyndon's going to, she has a chance to do this. And then you saw the rest of the leaderboard and it just looked like typos. Like it looked yeah. like, you know, sometimes they get the mass race people mixed in and someone behind me said, well, who's so-and-so. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. That can't be right. Cause it just happened. I mean, it happened gradually, but it also, you just kind of looked up one split and all the big names had bailed and were like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the women finished before the men, the women finished right. before the men, but you had no, I, I had no idea. Lyndon was five minutes clear. I mean, she won by five minutes or four That's minutes. Ridiculous. It wasn't close. I mean, it's one of the most <laughs> underrated aspects of that race, I feel like. I mean, it's just you I for you forget the times because they were so slow, but the margin of victory was just absurd. I don't care uh what the conditions were. It's 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 still pretty unbelievable. And of course the men's margin of victory was not not by comparison, but but huge too. Didn't Koichi run two fifteen and then and then uh uh Karui was two eighteen. Yeah. Two eighteen. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Also, well, two fifteen. Very good time for that weather. <laughs> very good. Well, to, yeah, two fifteen fifty eight to two eighteen twenty three. So about a minute and or two and a half minutes. Kawuchi passed him kind of late in the race too. Yeah, and yeah. Like all all of that time was in that last mile to yeah. mile and a half, from what I remember. Well, so yeah, I was. Because, I mean, I think. Karui was like running like seven minute pace at that point. Uh, he was actually yeah. running five minute pace, but his jacket was running nine minute pace, so it, it leveled out. He, I don't know if he's so, been the same since. It's uh, that might be his. Uh, <laughs> that may be it for him. So, I'm I'm trying to pay attention to the men's race because that's what I'm covering. JoJo's covering the women's race, right? But mm -hmm. I'm just completely shocked that Des Linden has won, and then I'm also completely shocked that the top five is who the top five looks like it's going to be. Right. And I'm wondering where did everybody go? Like what happened? Did they yeah, yeah, yeah. take the wrong turn? And then I go and now I have to turn my attention to the men's race. So the women's race finishes and it's like, okay, Yuki Kiyoshi is going to win. Of course, the panda suit guy, <laughs> he's going to win this race. But that's what, that's what we're going to do. Um, yep. And then it was just equally ridiculous on the men's side from the perspective of, okay, this guy won. And then, you look at the, the top 10 was kind of crazy. Top five, again, not as crazy as the women's, just in terms of people we had never heard of. Credit to Karui for staying in. But I just remember thinking, how how did this how did this happen? Like, I still didn't have it. Because at that point, you still don't know, okay, everybody in Ethiopia DNF'd. You still don't know how many people actually had hypothermia. There was just a right. lot of, of un unanswered questions still. And then I remember... To do interviews there, you kind of you go to the lobby of the uh, the top tier are in the um, in the press conference room, but then other people come in and people were people were shivering. Lincoln, do you remember? I don't know if oh, you yeah. have a memory of doing interviews in the in sort of that the foyer there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where it all kind of goes down. It's weird that the you know not weird, but you know outside of the the podium finishers, you know the top Americans and the and the uh, 
and the the top three, it's it's a free for all. So I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah you, you get those whatever those aluminum blankets or whatever those are, and then yeah. if you don't have your clothes. You know, it's going to take a minute. So I can imagine that they were absolutely miserable with how cold it was. So then, so I found Meb was running it just for fun, and he just looked like he was freezing cold, and he was nice enough to stop for an interview. I remember Flanagan was in there. Um, I think Huddle. Um, there was a you'll you'll love this moment. Great moments in uh, general sports reporting. Some guy found out. Some Massachusetts TV guy found out Shalane Flanagan was from Massachusetts. Didn't know she was an Olympian, a New York City Marathon champion. Started interviewing her as if she was like a teacher at your high school who was in contention oh for God. the Boston Marathon. And so she's answering all these questions, and he goes. He goes, so you're from Marblehead? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from Massachusetts. Da, 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 da. And, he's like, and what'd you finish today? And she said, I don't know. Where did she end up finishing? Do you have that? Do you have the like results in front of you? Six, six to eighth, maybe? I, I can't. Yeah, I'll look it up. Uh, you, you can keep talking. I'll look it up. So, she, so she's like, again, she's freezing cold. This race has not gone the way she wanted to. Her whole lifelong <laughs> right. dream has been to win Boston. But she's patiently answering all these questions. Um and then this guy finds out that this Massachusetts reporter finds out she's from Massachusetts, but thinks she's just Jane on the street. So then when she says that she got seventh or something, he's like, oh, that's sixth. pretty good. Sixth. 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 He goes, sixth? Yeah. Wow. Wow, you got sixth. That's pretty good. Oh, geez. And she very politely was like, yeah, I know. I, I, I was getting sort of secondhand uh, embarrassment a little from it, yeah. and I just was like – I was like, oh gosh. And she was nice. She was nice about it. She's like, yeah, I wanted more. Or like she didn't say, do you know who I am? Which is what I would have done. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> she, naturally. She did, not, she, she did not go to that level of like, why are you talking to me? Like You I'm do that already just, and it's really weird. But Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. probably why I don't get invited back to events. But yeah. uh, I did see JoJo tweeted something this morning, which I had totally forgotten. They had to tell reporters when Lyndon crossed the finish line not to cheer in the media room. I don't, no, I don't remember that, but apparently it was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty loud. But yeah, so the whole the weather thing was a big story, and these you could have picked any number of stories of all these random people who were finishing in the top ten, but the biggest one was an American woman won Boston for the first yeah. time. In decades, and I that got overlooked a little bit, I think, in the short term, um, mm -hmm. there just because it was such such a weird race and happened in such an unconventional fashion. That was just my impression of it. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it was tempting to look at it as, oh, this was a fluke. But I mean, if anyone, Des Linden had very much with her previous body of work shown that that was not a fluke. And and regardless, you have to run the race that you're in, and she won by five yeah. minutes. So maybe maybe she would have won. Period. I mean, she's come close before when it was a, a, a quote unquote normal normal day, mm -hmm. and a multiple time Olympian. And uh, so, I mean, it was another day for her. I know she kind of either fairly or not gets branded as like a blue collar type of a runner because she's not a time trial person, mm -hmm. uh, and you know she's good at the Boston New York type of a thing. That's more of her her style. But uh, you know that that was no. Uh, you look back on it, that was certainly no no fluke, even though the results behind her were totally altered. And and obviously somebody on the men's side won that you know, we never thought would have ever had been possible. But she's consistently yeah. right there. She's consistently on her worst day, sixth place in a major marathon. So uh, yeah. that is not a fluke. You History should never record that as a fluke. 
because you could right anyone who would have won that race would it would have been you know okay if sarah sellers would have won that race it would have been a fluke but it wasn't and so the winner you can't say that other big winners from that day brooks jackets mm, mm-hmm. that's correct yep yeah yep absolutely I mean, we all talk about we all talk about uh, shoe technology, but what about jacket technology there? I think that yeah. that might have Brooks helped win the day. Brooks over Nike there. Yeah, Brooks got that <laughs> uh-huh. Jeffrey Curry almost just floated away when he got to yeah. the finish line because the wind just carried him away. What about yeah. last year? What do you remember about last year other than the fact that people are still scared of the weather? Yeah, I mean, Toronto versus, versus uh, DeCisa coming down to the last – last couple of meters was a ton of fun. Uh, um, the name is, why is the name Degefa? Degefa breaking away uh, early and just going out there and, and dominating. Uh, it's not going to be one of the memorable years, you know, especially compared to the kind of the American bias years that we, that we're focusing on previously, but the, 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 the exciting men's finish, I mean, having a race all the way down Boylston is, is incredible because it's a very long stretch when it's been other years where it's a, it's a blowout. Uh, you don't really think of Boylston being a long, long way to go, but just the back and forth between Chirono and, and, uh, and DeCisa was, was one I'll remember for a while. DeCisa always in the mix too. Yeah. He's always there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he won in 2015 when I was there and I thought he was going to be, I thought I was going to have to tell him afterwards, Hey man, I'm your good luck charm. Cause I've been here both times you won, but Toronto just got him. And then Toronto, what won one Chicago again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Toronto's been on a, Toronto's been on a hot streak. He, it yep. would be interesting with the Olympics to see how he would have fared uh, on that Kenyan team, depending on who they ultimately ended up selecting. I know they had a squad chosen but that doesn't it wasn't written in stone because he doesn't have the big times like everybody else does but he's doing it in these championship settings call me crazy but i think that kenyan men's team had some potential so we'll Mm -hmm. see if they can keep it together for for 2021 (laughs) yeah i mean the thing about boston is it's all there's always something and i know when you go to events you tend to you're a cooler and you make the the event um exactly right little more matter of fact a little more boring you 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 bring out the boringness in people but even you couldn't mm-hmm. uh couldn't slow things down because those were just we we basically just highlighted a few years um and and obviously the more memorable ones but every year there's some sort of crazy subplot or, or storyline that goes with right. that race it feels like mm-hmm. yeah 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 not like i said 2019 not super duper memorable but uh the I I will remember the threat of the weather, like mm-hmm. bringing up terrible memories for some, and and you know uh, people are like, oh my gosh, it's going to be like that, It'd be like twenty eighteen again, and then it flipping and and being pre- pretty nice. Uh, there was some rain, but it you know it was a, it was a nice day, and uh, yeah, twenty twenty. Who who was it? Was the was the thought that. Uh, who was supposed to race in 2020? Uh, who was supposed to be in the in the in this one? Lyndon. That's all I know. <laughs> Lyndon, but yeah, but oh, I think Sharona was going to be back. I think DeGafa was going to be back. I mean, the, okay, the American sure. side was obviously the, the American side was de- depleted, obviously okay. because of the Olympic yeah, yeah. trials. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. right, 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 right. Okay, it was going to be like all Olympic year marathons. It was hard to figure out who was. I mean, London was going to be great because we knew we had Kipchoge, Bekele, all yeah, the right, other. Right. 
Olympic year marathons are, are tough to sort out, especially from an American perspective, because you're not getting everybody there. But yeah, if it is, hopefully it goes off in, in September and maybe we see some of those people who made the Olympic team on the start, on the start line. I know, um, Jake, I was talking about how a lot of the contracts were already locked in for the spring, but it'd be kind of cool to see a Molly Seidel run that race or, oh, or, sure. or Jake Riley. Yeah. I could easily imagine her being in there. I mean, Boston, I think she's been living in Boston. So that, that would make all, all the sense of the world. She wore a Boston Red Sox hat to the post-race press conference. So that would be perfect mm. for her. I got a, I, I got a question. Who do you think will be the next American, either men or women to, to win Boston? I mean, Rupp's the, if you had to pick odds, it'd be rough, but who, uh, next who American to win Boston. Um, yeah. I mean, you could pick Nico so Young. It could be that far in the future. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, you know, I, I just am throwing anyone out. Are we sure? Sh- are we sure Rupp's retired? Or sorry, are we sure? We, are we sure Meb's retired? Man, I, I ruined that joke. Okay. Mm. Um, next American to win Boston. Well, yeah. I mean, there's been an embarrassment of riches, right? You get the win in 14 yeah. and the win in 18. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think odds are it would come on the women's side of things. Oh, I would man. say, although really, well, the see here's the thing, well, because I mean the American women are deeper than the American men. That's not a controversial statement, but it goes against London. It goes head to head against London, and the London men's field is always so good yep. that it leaves yep. more spots for the men. Um, gosh, I'll say I'll say Emily Sisson. Mm, that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah, and she's going to do it's it in like, September this year. No, wow, know. that would be quite the statement. No. They might have. To, yeah, that'd be that'd be quite the turnaround from uh, from not making the team or not finishing in in Atlanta. I would still pick Rupp uh, just because he's been second before, and I think he's still in his prime, obviously. So we're no doubt going to see some weird that if that fall season goes off as as, planned, as normal, yeah. I think we're going to yeah. see an American win one of those majors, right? Just because the way the fields are going to yeah, break down, sure. yeah, and it'll probably that, be the I London men's race. Probably the London <laughs> men's race. Probably, yep. Yeah, I think I don't oh, think Kipchoge's new, been Abdi, training. Don't sleep, Abdi. Oh, Abdi over Kipchoge. Yep. Heard, yep. Heard it here first. All right, that's it for today's show. Uh, the email address: flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You can write us in with your favorite Boston marathon memories lincoln has taken his hat off that means it's time to go thanks to a lot for producing we'll talk to you guys next time